how do you come to a new city and just start? Well, and I think there's a lot of principles in this in terms of talking to entrepreneurs because there's some people that lost it all. You put everything into this salon. Two months later, you lose it. Yeah. And then you lose everything that you have. Yeah. And you have to start from absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, like, walk me through that. Yeah, well, I think we, first of all, we didn't have a choice. You know, we didn't have a choice to go back home immediately. And when we did, what we would have went back to was less than what we had when we left. Meanwhile, Mm. we're at a place that had more than we ever had before. That decision for us, for number one, we went from homeowners, business owners, to standing in line for food and clothes. Wow. We, yeah, no, yeah, it was very humbling. It was like, what's going on here? And we didn't know how long that process was going to last because I think we all believe that clearly this is an emergency. Clearly, we need help. The mm. government going to do something. And they took a long time <laughs> to do mm. something. Like, what they did was the community really stepped in more than ever before. We were living with my aunt, and then that was too much. So we ended up living with her boyfriend at the time. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Mm. And it was like, Seven families in, like, um, a townhouse. Wow. Not seven people. Seven families. Wow. In a townhouse. And I think they had two bathrooms. And I've been bougie, so that was a little different. Like, it wasn't the money. I'm just being honest. I'm like, wait now, hold up. The bathroom, all these people in the bathroom? Like, it was, it became intense. And then you got different behaviors, all of my, you know... My cousins and all, they smoke and all this kind of stuff. I got my kid. Like, this is different lifestyles going on. And one, they they were doing that to just deal with the situation, too. So it was just a lot. Nobody was in their comfort zone. Any strain on the marriage? I think marriage-wise, it was so interesting. He's so creative. So here's the thing that happened. This week, we're going to, I don't even know if you're ready for this turn. But we got to take a little bit of turn. And I think this is what happened. So there was a sense of, 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 Unity and joy in this happening, though, because we had nothing that we normally would have had. All we had was each other. And it was something about that that was humbling that allowed us to appreciate life. Mm. So marriage-wise, I don't know that there was a strain on the marriage because we were so numb. um, And we just had each other. Mm. But shortly thereafter, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Really? Mm Yeah. Yeah. And it was a hard hit because it didn't run in my family. I'm extremely young, early 20s. Nobody's thinking about breast cancer after you graduate high school. Right. And we don't really know how to deal with this thing after the newness of Katrina and then boom, breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So that moment of potentially losing me for him, we actually got a lot closer. Because it was like we definitely were set down. Like, you know, we were on our way up, working our way up the ladders, entrepreneurs, very ambitious in New Orleans. And then Katrina hit. We started to work our way back up because FEMA prop finally came through. <laughs> right, right. You know what's so crazy? I was a FEMA inspector. Oh, wow. So did you help us get the check or was you giving us a hard time? I, well, it depends on whose house it was. Oh, okay. I, so they sent me in to do the inspection and I'm marking off, okay, this is that. Um, the water is, you know, two feet above, so it's going to need X amount of mm-hmm. um, sheetrock, all that kind of stuff, gotcha. doing the insulation and all that. So I'm doing the inspection, but to my knowledge, if the person had homeowners insurance, they weren't really getting no money. Oh, they've left. Even with business owner insurance, like we had to get business, I mean, business insurance to even get the business that I had, mm-hmm. but everybody bailed. Yeah, I, I, those inspections, I was making $50, no, I was making $55.50 per inspection or $58 a month. I was getting bread off yeah. of the tragedy. So I felt yeah. terrible. But, um, <laughs> well, I didn't feel bad because I came home and got some money. But, <laughs> no, but I, I just remember the, um, it was despair. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it was just a really, really rough time. But you're yeah. like, yo, I'm not even going back home. Oh, no, we're not going back to that. First so, of all, yeah, that's not going to work. When you're in this situation, what's the plan? What is the conversation that you and your husband are having? So we wanted to flip that that ten thousand dollars, and we're in Atlanta. From we FEMA. do music for FEMA. Yeah, we were always entrepreneurs. So let's flip this because everybody thinking they rich off this ten thousand dollars. Just like they think it off the stimulus check. It's the weirdest thing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't even understand how far they think a stimulus check rich. gonna go. I just I, I have no 
anyway. So, you know, they really thought they was rich years ago off mm-hmm. of 10000 And they thinking that's going to last forever. Clearly, that's not going to go that far. So we want to invest into the music business here in Atlanta. Let's go that route. I went to school for music business when I was um, just graduated from high school in New Orleans. So let's just do it. So we did a music video, <laughs> funded it ourselves, found all the people, got the connections. I think when you come to a new city, What's you ten grand. The thought is well, not the well, well, not the whole thing. We did, but we wanted to make our break in Atlanta. We gonna come on. We gonna be creative. We gonna okay. make our break in the music industry in Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, in I mean, Atlanta. No, it's 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Social media is not even a big thing at that time. We had MySpace. Mm-hmm. We're not thinking about getting the product and hustling the product. Right. We don't think it's enough for real estate. You know what I'm saying? So let's take our talents and our gifts and invest into us, and we're going to sell whatever we got. Mm-hmm. So we were on our way to doing that. We were in studios. I can't. Goody Ma was at our house. All these people. I mean, we were making our ways. But yeah, we were we were in the right direction. Yeah. He was in the studio with Ti. But bam, that's when the cancer hit. Mm. So I was literally preparing for my music video, and I had this sharp shooting pain that kept coming into my breast. It happened over an eight month period, and one day I had an episode where he saw me literally like grab my breast. And it would, whatever I had in my hand, it would drop. I would stop. It was like just five seconds. It would take my breath away. And he saw it and he just was so concerned. He said, we going to the emergency room. And when we did, the doctor was like, well, you way too young. You know, I'm fresh out of high school. You way too young for a mammogram. You know, you got years for that. And so they came back in the room after doing the ultrasound and said, we need to do a mammogram now. Clearly that don't mm. add up. And so... I began to pray immediately because I knew that that probably shouldn't be happening. And when the results came in, it was two days before the video shoot. So oh in that time gosh. frame, I know. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, it's tough, right? In that time frame, I I don't know. I just didn't think I still, you still don't think you got it. You know what I'm saying? You just feel like, okay, they're doing the precautions, but I'm good. We're moving forward with life. So the day that I got the news... We were preparing, you know, you two days before a video shoot, we getting stuff together. And I'm sitting in the waiting room at the doctor office for like 30 minutes. That's nerve wracking. So I'm like, listen, could y'all email me or something? Because we got to go. <laughs> I remember walking up there like, listen, ma'am, could you just tell your doctor to email me or something? Because we, we, we got a big video shoot that we're playing in. And I remember the receptionist in that moment, her face turned into my mom's face. Mm. And she said to me, I don't know what you got to do and where you got to go. But you need to see what your doctor got to tell you. Mm-hmm. And that was the first moment that it became really real. That we, me and my husband turned into kids. Our face literally was like kids. We didn't say anything to each other at that moment. We just went sat down like two little kids. Because that was like my mama saying, look, little red girl, you better go <laughs> sit your little tail down somewhere. Mm-hmm. We just sat down and we did not talk. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk. He just grabbed my hand and we didn't say nothing. Because we didn't want to even entertain the possibilities. And so when we got to the back of that room, that lady took a long time to tell me those words. But now I know why, because the words that you're positive for breast cancer is going to change your life forever. Oh, they must be a scammer. Daddy must have given it to him. It's because if they can admit that that person worked hard and did it, that, that in their mind means that they must have failed. Mm. And then nobody wants to accept that. Nobody wants to accept that they failed or that they've missed the mark or that they haven't done. So they have to associate success with scam. Daddy gave it to them. They did something wrong, et cetera. And that gives them an excuse to be, to be and maintain and stay where they are. Goodness gracious. And now I guess like hindsight is when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, um, I guess I had like a blindfold on walking down the hallway and like I was just bumping into stuff. But I, I was doing it so long, I didn't, I thought that's what life was like. I thought everybody was just, going through the hallway, bumming and stuff. And then I, I found a mentor that kind of slowly takes the... Broke your state. Changed it. Changed it. My awareness to the know. Awareness. Okay. Yeah. The fact that you said um, when, you were, when you were delivering the pizza, saying, yo, I'm not the person. Because back then I thought I was. I thought right. I was like, if I just keep doing this, it's only a matter of time. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm talented... But the fact that I think you figured it out a little earlier that um, that I'm not who I need to be right now. 
And once you accepted it, then it seems like you start this business, that business, this business, that business. It unlocked something and and it just spiraled. And then you ask the guy, you have the fortitude to ask the guy, hey. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. I don't have this. It doesn't seem like I know how to get it. How do you do this? Exactly. Ask. Well, that's the thing. So many people are afraid to look stupid. Look. I'm, I'm going to say something that's probably going to offend a lot of people. Let's do it. Okay. What is better? or oh, Sorry, what is worse? To look stupid or to wake up at 80 years old in a nursing home and not the nice one, the one where orderlies beat you mm. and ask yourself the question, should I have asked that question 50 years ago, 70 years ago, 30 years oh. ago? You won't Ooh. care that you looked stupid then. So, so, so like... Here's a little technique that I do. I try to put myself in a future moment that I don't want to be in. So, for instance, um, have, like, how many times have we, look, everybody has this person. There's always one person that we've, we have a, an issue with. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, and we, we get into a fight with them. We don't talk to them for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Everybody has that, that person. There, there's probably somebody. Oh, 100%. Uh, 100%, right? And so here's what I like to tell people in that situation. Um, because I, I can see how bad it can go. My, my ex-wife, um, she had this issue with her father and, um, she was going to talk to her dad for the first time in years, but then she said to herself, well, I'm going to wait till Christmas. Well, 
it's not Christmas yet. It was this Christmas. Well, a few weeks ago, um, he got sick and he had an issue with his brain. And um, due to COVID protocols, they would not, she couldn't go see him. Um, and he's in Turkey. They would not even let a nurse bring a phone in for, him, for her to talk to him. Oh, and he no. passed away. Oh, no. Yes. And, and they had unresolved issues. And, and it was one, I mean, it was her dad. But just me watching that happen, it was one of the most horrifying and painful things to witness. And this is where I, I sat down. I, re, I went home that night and I really reflected on it. And I, I said, you know, I don't want this to happen to me and I don't want it to happen to anybody else. There's got to be something I can do, something I can come up with. And so I, I thought of this and I said to myself, what if you think of somebody, because we all have that person, that you haven't talked to, right? Yeah. You take a piece of paper, you take a pen. And you think if you, if the, if you got a phone call that they had 24 hours to live, write down what you would say to them, write it down. Mm. And then pick up that piece of paper, grab your phone and call that person right now and say it to them. This is hitting so hard because like I'm having, like I'm having issues. Like there's some conflict in my own family, right? Where, and they're a little older, right? So I see the conflict and like, I can't wait until this interview is over so I can text my, I say, yeah, my, not, my, you know, I won't put it out there, but I'd like text and say, if the person that you've known your whole life had 24 hours to live, what would you say to them? It surely wouldn't be, I can't believe you did this and that no, and this and that. At all. You're right. You're absolutely right. And just write, write down what that is. Pick up the phone and say it to them. After I made a post online about that, it blew up. Like a lot of people were like, wow. And, and I knew I had hit on it. And, and then I said to myself, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So you know what I did? I called up my mother <laughs> and uh, I, I, said, I said to her, because, you know, I, I, always had, I always had this thing with my mom that she was a bit hard on me when I was a kid. Yeah. And I called her up and I, and I think she always got the, the sense that maybe I thought she was a bad mother. And I don't think I ever took the time to articulate that I didn't think that. So I called yeah. her up and I, I fully and completely articulated that to her. And I said, listen, if you, I, I know I probably said some stupid stuff to you when I was a kid, but that's because I was a stupid kid. Yeah. But as a grown man with a much higher level of awareness right now, I want you to know that everything you did made me the man I am today. And if you hadn't done it, maybe I wouldn't be the man I am today. And I want to thank you for that. And I want, I need you to know that I don't think you're a bad mother. In fact, I think you're one of the best mothers in the world. And I, I immediately called her and said that. And so it, like that drove me to do that. And mm. I just, I try to, you know, just, it really sucks that we have to see something or we have to go through something before we take an action. For sure. And then sometimes it's too late. And I just, I feel like there's too many people. Like, look, I love business. I love teaching people to make money. I really do because it can change your life. But at the end of the day, I believe there's a lot of people out there, myself, perhaps you, perhaps a lot of people that can really serve and fit. Like entrepreneurs are smart. Mm -hmm. We can solve more than business problems. Sure. You know, we can put our heads together and figure out. Because look, at the end of the day, private, if you want to change the world, Private industry is the only way to do it. You want to make vegan, you want people to go vegan? It's not going to work. You're not going to stand outside on the side of the road. I, I was out in St. Pete last night. There was people holding up signs, screaming at people at a restaurant. And the whole time I'm thinking, that's not going to, that's just going to annoy those people. <laughs> you know what's going to fix it? Opening up, being an entrepreneur and opening up and making vegan food popular, which is what yeah. they did in, in many cities. Now yeah. it's super popular. Like sure. private industry, government can do whatever they want. Private industry, look at Elon Musk. You, you want to you wanna help the environment? Make electric cars popular. <laughs> so all my homies knew I was on something different. Mm. They were like, we going somewhere. Bro going to get us out of here yeah. with this music thing. Um, so they everybody knew I was an entrepreneur. So when they saw me start stepping into something different, it wasn't like a shock. But um, it was the network marketing stuff was just like, uh, you know, left field. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to get like some, some keys on how you built this massive empire. But I just feel like there's a... There's always this kid that has this ambition, yeah. uh, motivation. Maybe it's kind of misdirected and can be channeled in a different dire sure. direction. 
But for somebody that was like you, that has that ambition, like, yo, I'm just trying to go get it. How do we prevent that that kid Mm -hmm. from the neighborhood from going further down the wrong path? Like, how do we start to, like, like, what do we do for a young Marquell? Bro, I think, I believe, I believe you're doing it in a lot of ways. Because I've seen you in the schools. I've seen, with this platform, like, this is, we talked about it before, like, at the beginning. Like, this is them being able to see other people that look like them doing it. You know what I'm saying? So, because I can tell people all the time, it's like, Young guys or girls who sell drugs at a young age, crazy as it may sound, they do it because they have common sense. So oh, say, it, say it again. They do it because they have common sense. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. They know they can spend $50 and make $100. You can spend $100 and make a $200. You can spend $200 and make $400. You can spend $400, make $800. And then as you really start getting your weight up, that money gets real crazy. So you spend a thousand, make three thousand. You spend three thousand, make nine. Make spend nine, make. That's yeah. common sense. Like who wouldn't do that? Mm. Or the other plan is what? Go up to McDonald's to get a job and get paid seven dollars an hour. <laughs> they do it because they got common sense. They got common sense. Like and think about it. Everybody who they know, the older people, their family, whatever, mom, uncle, they're all telling them go to school, work, get good grades. Go to high school, go to college, get a job. They've seen everybody else work that plan, and everybody's still in the hood. Or everybody, even if they're not in the hood, maybe you made it to the suburbs, but you're still doing bad. Or you work really hard, but don't got nothing to show for it. And kids see everything. Like, kids watch what you do. They don't listen to what you say, man. They're watching what you do. They hear what you're saying, but they're more so like, I get what you're saying, but I don't see how <laughs> that plan worked out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, but so I can spend this and make this. So the thing we got to do is like show them another way. Like, hey, you can still make that dope money that you make on the block in real estate mm. or stocks, or you can create an online course, or you can do drop shipping, or you can do, but then, then it's that exposure. You know what I'm saying? When I got introduced to network marketing and Jim Rohn and it just introduced me to a whole nother life. Like, I ain't know none of this stuff. This is like a whole nother world that we yeah. live in now, bro. This, it's like, and we th- and people say things like, oh, it's getting saturated. Like, this is 1% of the world. Like, most people don't even know this exists. Most people, you're like, you know, I was on this podcast. They're like, a what? Like, what's a podcast? <laughs> but it's the norm for us because we inundated with right. it, right? It's the norm because we live in this little bubble. But it's like, we got to show them, like, look, you can make, you can create whatever it is you want, legit, Without nobody having to take nothing from you, without you having to keep the strap on you, but they got to be exposed. You know what I'm saying? And when they're exposed to it, they already got the drive because all the skills are transferable: the branding, the sales, the marketing, the critical thinking, the the metrics. That's crazy because that implies that the kid who just goes to McDonald's and makes eight dollars an hour, they don't necessarily have the common sense to say eight dollars an hour. I'm gonna be here eight hours. I'll make sixty dollars, sixty four dollars. They're gonna take. 20 of that out of my check. I'll mm-hmm. be here all day for 60 bucks yep. with no chance of like working on myself and nope. I can't be free. Dang, that's And crazy. be exhausted. And then they don't have no vision for their life. Think about it. If you're around, if this is, so this is for the parents, this right? This is crazy. If a child is a, if they work in McDonald's and they don't have a bigger vision for their life, right? They're like, what else is there? You're easy to get swayed. That's why I even tell my older kids, I'm like, look, even my young kids, I'm like, look, or even any kids, it's like, if you don't have a vision for your life, you will easily get swayed. You will easily get swayed to a gang. Because the person who's most certain is going to influence the people who's less certain. So you will easily get tricked into joining the gang because you don't got no vision for your life anyway. You will easily get tricked to drinking and lean because you ain't got no vision to go to the league. Now, if you got a serious vision about going to the league, you know you can't be putting this stuff in your body. You know you got to be drinking water. You know you got to be eating. You know you got to be in the gym. You know you can't be on the block. But if you don't got no vision, you get sucked into anybody's vision. Dang. Yo, and that's so crazy. I just had a revelation from some of the stuff that you've been teaching me where you just said that um, whoever's most certain, mm-hmm. would you say whoever's most the, certain? The person who's most certain will influence the other. In, in an interaction, in any every interaction, the person who's most certain will influence the other person. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bar. I've been in, I've, I've been sold on some stuff, man, because the person was so certain and I wasn't, I wasn't certain that, 
that I, I knew that I, I didn't know the direction that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain. So because their so, their belief system is so strong, yep. I'm leaning on their belief because if they're so certain, it, something got to be right about 100%. this. 100%. How, so about how much did it cost to like kind of open these? Like, like what are what is like typical investment for a nail salon or you know? All right, so that's a great question. So how I do all my businesses, I always I always start them off like I give myself like okay, how much is it gonna cost me to start? Most people want everything to be perfect. I don't want everything to be perfect. I want it to be scalable. I want I want to see if I can improve the business and be able to take the income from the business and you know I mean help the business scale. Most people they like, look, I need twenty thousand dollars to start this business. I'm like, I need five. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> I need I need first last and security and I need enough to make this thing up the cold case they do inspection and mm-hmm. you know I mean I need talent in here yeah. that can that can make it do what it do. You know what I'm saying? So so roughly between you know I mean five and ten grand. Now with my event space. Uh, I, I did that off a credit card. So I swiped mm. that off a Discover card, you know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> and basically got it all furnished. And you know what I mean, the people that was having rentals paid me back. My sister, we went half uh, last studio. For anybody who don't know, the materials don't cost that much. All you need is massage beds. Right. We was grabbing them off Facebook Marketplace, putting it up, you know what I mean? Make it look nice, fresh coat of paint. We open mm. for business. You know mm. what I'm saying? We, <laughs> Yo, people make... <laughs> Starting a business, a whole science project, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it, it, it's so technical and it's so much. And really, it's your what can I do to get it open? What can I do to get the doors open? And one of the things people be like, oh, I need a business plan. Oh, I need a website. Oh, I need an Instagram page. Oh, I need flyers. No, you need you. You are the business plan. If you understand, the thing I understood when I opened up my tattoo shop, the thing I understood was the people was coming to see me. My work was good. My work was top notch, but the people, I was the business. Yeah. I didn't need no plan. I just needed to be there every day and yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and be me. Mm-hmm. And once I understood that, I was like, yo, I don't need to, uh, of course, don't don't get it wrong. Write your stuff down. Definitely have goals and you know what I mean? Definitely strategize to mm-hmm. take your business to the next level. But yo, start. Like, yo, just commit. Yeah. Once you commit, like, yo, once I was I was $8,000 in this hair and nail salon, I'm like, I'm committed. I can't right. go back right. now. Right. I'm financially committed. I'm mentally committed. I'm spiritually committed. You know what I'm saying? You know, money come easily, frequently, and abundantly. I say my, you know what I mean? Say yeah, my financial. Yeah, yeah. I'm committed. So you just, and people are just scared to commit yeah. because they scared, of, they scared to lose. And it's just like, I took losses. I definitely took losses, but I'm trying to tell you, when you take two L's, put them like this, you get a nice, <laughs> you, know, you get a nice it. W, you know what I'm saying? I love it. Thing is, uh, as we having this interview, um, my assistant hit me and was like, Discovery Channel want to have, she like literally just texted me and was like, send me the screenshot of Discovery Channel trying to figure out what it, what DGTV is. So I'm going to tell you where it started. It started with Discovery Channel. They reached out a long time ago and was like, they want to do a three- like a three-show deal, a, a business show, a couple's counseling show, and like a with me and Chelsea, and then, man, what was the other one? I can't remember the third concept. So I was four. I'm like, cool, okay, this TV, this sounds good, this sounds promising. We have like five meetings at this point. The last meeting was like May 29th in Puerto Rico, and I'm trying to enjoy myself in Puerto Rico, so I was definitely annoyed, like, damn, I got to stop having fun and talk to y'all again. We ain't getting no business done. Y'all just keep wanting to talk. <laughs> We done gave them access to the course because they like, well, we want to study, blah, blah, cool. We done gave them access to courses, books, board games, everything. So it's May 29th. We had this hour and a half conversation. And I'm like, all right, cool. They, they sounded promising again. Nothing happened. So fast forward, I'm in Las Vegas. I've, I've had some medicine. I'm feeling good. And I go to Raising <laughs> Cane's. And I'm in Raising Cane's ordering my food. And I see that their CEO has like a placard on the wall and it's like, be sure to tune in to Discovery Channel. He got a new show called like Restaurant Revitalization, something like that, right? So I see bro name and I'm like, how much he worth? So I go Google him. I could have sworn it said like he worth like 5.6 billion. And I remember seeing Chelsea and other people. And I'm like, imagine having, having a worth of 5.6 billion and rather than build your own platform and leverage your stuff independently, you go sign a deal to Discovery Channel. I remember like, and salute to, I can't even remember bro name, salute to him. I ain't hating like, he, he doing, he a big dog for sure. But just in that moment, I'm like, I couldn't imagine 
leveraging my likeness to another platform and I'm a billion dollar giant myself. Like, yeah. we just would have built it in-house. So I remember like laughing like, yeah, he wildin' and blew it off. And then after that, um, I get home two days later, bro, and I, I don't know if I hit Khadija while I was in Vegas or the two days later, but I'm, I'm sitting with my medicine again. I was like, you know what? We done with Discovery. We just gonna code our own whole network and do it ourselves. I hit her, she hit her cousin out in, bro, in China or Japan, because he do all our code and stuff. And I was just like, bro, do you think you could pull this off by my birthday, August 20th? Bro, this is last month in July. He literally had like 36 days, and he was like, if we get started today, I'm confident I can make this happen. I was like, cool, press the button. Boom, press the button. Literally sent the wire that night so we can get started. And we've been running ever since. So, yeah, bro, the goal is to step into that same space that Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, uh, all of them are in. And basically, Robert and Brunner, like Netflix, Netflix, Disney, and Amazon all roughly got 200 million subscribers. Mm. I'm looking at the game like, if I can get, that ain't even 1% of that, but if I can get like a point percent of that, which is 1 million people to commit in a year, now we talking about a network that's going to have like a $200 million valuation after the next year based on if we just stay stagnant at that million, that million person of that million person subscription point. And then outside of that, bro, if I'm basing off the history of my last couple of subscriptions we did, they were all much higher than the $13 rate that we charging out with way less value. And so the beauty of having a network is not only can we still educate them, but we can give them comedy. We can give them drama. We can give them docu-series. We can give them, my like, people are super intrigued with my real life because I do posts about real things I do, but they never get to see it. They just see the still post and be like, dang, they be having fun. So with the reality show, they'll literally be able to get to see how much fun we have with no censorship, no blanket. No, you can't say that. You can't show this. Like, whether we want to go church or full nude, we got we got free reign. So, bro, we everything independent from having to purchase bandwidth to run it, to the coding, to original content, everything in-house from the camera crews to the lights to, like, people who've been grinding with me, helping me make the other businesses, million-dollar businesses, are the people who stepped up and was like, so cool, I'm going to still help you get a million on the other stuff, but I'm going to get in front of the camera for the network, and we're just going to bring it full circle. So, like, you're talking about, like, every aspect of your life, like, like when you and your wife go out fishing. Yeah, no, nah, bro. I, I, I de- <laughs> nah, you see it. Nah, bro. So, and bro, that's the funniest the, thing. That's bro. the beauty of having it independent because I just get to be myself. Mm-hmm. I really can't, I could be myself on the internet, but I'm going to get flagged all day. But on here, there's no shadow banning. There's no, you can't say that. That's going to offend this community. There's mm-hmm. no cancel. We just get to genuinely be ourselves. So now nah, they in for some interesting stuff. Take it upon yourself to. to you don't have to get elected to public office. You don't have to, you, you can change the world through private industry. It's always been. Can you explain exactly what private industry is? I get what you're saying, but just explain what private industry, that term would mean. So meaning like starting yeah. a business. So, so if you want to start a trend, right? Like think about this. If you want to, if you. What's up podcaster or soon to be podcaster, get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know ATL baby, Atlanta, Georgia going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools. You don't have the tips. You don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. 
But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal i want to get your message out you have to be able to make money because if you can't make money you can't hire the people you need to hire and the infrastructure you need to make that message heard and continue to be heard, right? So like, look at Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, well, if Tony Robbins is so amazing, why does he charge for his seminars? What do you mean? He charges so that he, <laughs> so what is he supposed to do? Just sit on a cardboard box on the side of the road and scream really loud? Right. Like he's got to make money so he can hold these events and he can put this stuff out, out there. Look at churches. They take 10% of your income. Why? <laughs> so that they can, you, you know, I mean, I mean, that's more than Tony Robbins asked for, you know, I mean, depending on your income bracket, but they do it for good reason. They do it so that they can have a church so that they can do missions so mm. that they can go. I, I mean, look at uh, OUR, which is a fan, you know, OUR. Mm -mm. Um, oh, they're a fantastic organization. They, there's an, they're an organization that what they do is they raise money and they go out and they go to Africa and other countries and, and, and places. And they, they go where where they sell children as sex slaves mm. and they pretend to buy them and they go in these are like all these are like mercenaries they go in and they pretend to buy them they obtain the child and then they they go they they send in the police in and they arrest everybody oh, wow. and and they free the children right do you honestly think that they could do that, that they could, the flights, and the, they need the money to buy the kids and pretend money. to buy the kids. They need to raise money, sure, right? So if you want to get your message out there, if you want to change the world, I believe, and I could be wrong on this, this is my belief, that learning how to be an entrepreneur and permeate the marketplace and, and with a product yeah. that changes the world, to me, that's the best way to do it. Dan, where are you at in this process of, Changing the world, your personal journey. I am so glad that you asked that question. I asked good question. Okay. So here's what it is. I, I started getclients.com several years ago, and I'm very fortunate to have helped a lot of people um, learn how to sell what they know, what they do for a premium price, right? I, you know, I explained that. And we, we do that. We, I, I mean, I told you earlier before we started, I got a guy, he sells a course on how to play gospel piano. He charged like a few hundred dollars. Why not just piano, period? Like his thing is well, no, gospel it's, it's, piano. It, well, yeah, uh, not even that. Authentic gospel piano. Mm. He charges, I, so he used to charge a few hundred dollars. Yeah. Could, couldn't make money, was going to quit. He now charges 5000 We got, we, we taught him how to 
to tweak that offer to charge 5,000 and he now makes 50 grand a month. His name is Vaughn. He's a very nice guy. Mm. And that's what we do. You have a product. You're not charging enough. We teach you how to charge more, get clients and, and, and close those clients. Great. Wonderful. I love helping people grow their business. However, look, I'm going to be honest. I charge, you know, five figures minimum to help with that. Mm. And you know, it's a great return. You get it back. You make one sale, one, two sales, you get it back. But in my thousands of coaching calls, in my hundreds of, of in-person, per, you know, seminars or mastermind events or whatever, I have learned that at the core, people, yes, marketing advice, sales advice, these things do help people, but there is a, a, a deeper thing that helps them. The, the, the will to act, mm. to move, yeah. to take action confidence, believing in yourself. These are really the drivers behind making those tactics and those techniques work. And I've already made my wealth. You know, I would, if I died today, I would be extraordinarily, extraordinarily unhappy with my life that I didn't help enough people. Mm. And so what I did was I started howtothink.com. Yep. And that is not expensive at all. In fact, howtothink.com. It's howtothink.com. And what it is, and this is a passion, I'm not going to make hardly any money off this. And I don't want to make a lot of money off of it. But here's what I decided to do. I, I recorded hundreds of five to eight minute, little five minute audios. These are success mentoring audios. And when you sign up, we're starting it at seven bucks a month. You get a five minute mentoring, success mentoring session from me dripped out to our app. We have an app on the app store, all that. It's called How to Think. And you sign up and you get a daily mentoring session from me every Day, every single day, because I believe if you really want to work on your confidence, if you really want to work on your mindset, if you really want to work on your personal development, you're not going to go to a week seminar and get it all done. Because what happens? You go to a week seminar, you, you come home, you feel good, and then a day later, you're back to where you were. Right. I believe in the law of marginal gains. If you've ever read the book Atomic Habits, the story of how the British, yeah, yep. yep, the British yep. cycling team, they, 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 hired, they were the worst cycling team ever. Yeah. Bad news bears, right? New coach comes in. I forget his name, unfortunately. He comes in. He, he has them wear different socks. He has them wear different helmets, yeah. different pillows to get better sleep. He improves their performance just 1% every day marginally. and within marginally. And within a couple of years, they became the most dominant force in cycling. They won five Tour de, de France's. They, they won tons of Olympic medals. They became the dominant force, all because they just focused on getting just 1% better each day. Because if you get 1% better each day, that's compounding interest. That's, it compounds. And so I believe the best way to work on yourself and your mindset and, and all of that and learn how to be successful from within is just five minutes a day, 1% a day. Mm. Everybody has five minutes a day and everybody has freaking $7 a month. <laughs> well, not everybody, but right. most people, you know, again, we got to, keep the app running. Yeah, right, right. But that for me is a passion project. That for me is something that can help anybody. Because look, if you have a phone where you can host the app, then you definitely can afford seven yes, bucks a month. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So there we go. So everybody. Okay. <laughs> and, and so, and we, you know, we have a business mentoring upgrade and all that. It's still, it's still very low cost. Sure. But, but, you know, that for me is a passion project because I don't want to just help people that can afford to pay thousands mm -hmm. of dollars for consulting. I want to help everyone. And so that for me is my new why. That for me is my new passion. So I, I made a post the other day where I was, I was saying that I've lost way more times than I've won. For sure. I've lost way more times than I've won. But I'm up because yeah. the wins be so big. It's yeah. like. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Like uh, it's, it's a saying. It, it floated around on Instagram. Like, yo, you work ten years hard for that one year that changed your life. Mm -hmm. That one year changed my whole entire life, bro. Like, I I was going to mastermind after mastermind. I'm getting in the rooms. Like my like my mental capacity was expanding at such a alarming rate, and I knew it was because I come back and I talk to people, and they like they be looking at me like I don't know what you talk. I don't know wow. what you like. You on a whole another level, and I was just like yo it just came from just 
being committed and just going like being in the right rooms and just being like yo you really had an opportunity like we in 2020 right now you know what i'm saying like you had an opportunity to be rich or be poor that's really a choice like people had those options it's just that mentally some people don't know that they had a choice mm -hmm. so they like yo these are my circumstances so i gotta stay like this ain't no way out and they want to blame it on everything that's around them but the real reason is you like you mm -hmm. can't you can make money or you can make an excuse, but you can't do both at the same time. Yeah. So when things get hard for me, I'm like, yo, I gotta use I gotta use my perspective. I'm like, yo, is this something that's gonna make me money? Am I just making the excuse about it? Like I gotta be transparent with myself. I gotta ask runway some questions, yeah. like, yo, is this really bad or is this really good? You feel yeah. what I'm saying? And you really gotta have those conversations with yourself because you have a conversation with another person and they be like, bro, that's bad. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that bad. You mm -hmm. probably can find something in the good at it. It's just that we are so drawn to see things in a in a negative manner, and and that that's where our mind go. But yeah. every situation, bro, I always try to look at a positive side to it. Like for instance, like I give you an example. Like uh, my grandma was getting her kitchen remodeled, so the contractors they ran off like with the money. Yeah. So she had some unfinished stuff, wires hanging off. So I came in and I got a, I got a stove put in so I got her a double double oven right mm -hmm. for her birthday so the guy come install the stove and he like we got a problem the line not even hooked up to the box mm. so I'm like Shh. so all right we go fix it so I'm like yo I could either look at that as like negative or I could look at it like dang my grandma could have went and cooked now our house could have been on fire we lose 40 years of wealth over one mistake because I didn't know mm. so it's all about the perspective so they go put her stove in now she got a gas leak. I'm like, dang, grandma could have went and turned on that stove. It go up in fire. I lose grandma, man. We lose the house, 40 years of wealth in our family. Mm. So it's you could think about it like, dang, why all these things keep happening? Or you could look at it like, dang, I'm glad this happened because now I could take care of it. And then also being in a position to take care of it. So a lot of people would be like, dang, why you always calling me for stuff? It's like, yo, be grateful, show gratitude that you're even in a position for somebody to call you to bail them out. Now I'm not mm. saying bail them out, but I'm saying like, yo, you in a position yeah. to, to help somebody. Yeah. That's an incredible position to be in at any part in life if you're in a position to help. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some people think, all right, if I drop my price, that'll make people buy. And I'm like, nah. Most people don't buy. It ain't got nothing to do with your product or your service or you. Most people don't buy because they don't believe in themselves. Hmm. <laughs> and like, I don't believe in myself to even activate the value you're going to give me, Dave. I don't believe myself to do it. So I'm not buying because there's anything wrong with you. They're not going to say this. Most won't. I'm not, it's not that I'm, I'm not going to buy because I don't believe in you and your genius. I just don't trust myself to follow through. <laughs> and how do you get around that? Uh, a lot of times they got to work on themselves. Because if they don't, they'll come in and they're dependent on you to help them win. And it don't work like that. So in, in terms of like this sales process, because obviously you still want to get the sale. Yeah. And now I guess it's not your job to sell them on the product? It's your job to sell them on themselves? Yeah, so basically what we... No, no, no. So good question. The goal actually isn't to get the sale. The goal is to just help them make the best decision for them. You see what I'm saying? So you're... So in a high-ticket... In, in this high-ticket communication, you're, you're basically interviewing them and they're auditioning for you. 
Let me say, let me let me explain and break this down, right? So most people think that you gotta sell people on why they should buy. When you do your marketing and stuff right, great marketing makes selling unnecessary. Great marketing makes, makes selling, selling unnecessary. Unnecessary. Because when they come to you, if your marketing is done right, okay, hold they're on, already Joe, sold. that's the topic. Okay. <laughs> Yo, there's so many bars in this joint. Like, everything could be the title. Great selling. Great makes, marketing. Great marketing. Makes selling unnecessary. Makes selling unnecessary. Yeah. Okay, explain that. Because when people... So think about it. I'm going to use you as an example. When somebody gets a conversation with you and you make them an offer, your marketing and you're um, so um, prolific in the industry and what you produce... You don't got to sell nobody on working with you. They already see your value. They done watched hours of your show. They done seen tons of your content. They done seen you build a brand. They done seen you on stages. Your reputation precedes you. They already know it's expensive to work with you just based on your position in the marketplace. So it ain't like, you know, you can either buy or you can keep your problem, right? So they're selling you on why you should allow them to buy Versus you selling them on why they should buy. Here's why you should let me buy a day. Versus you saying, here's why you should buy. I'm the best at it. We got the most success stories. Are this. We're better than those guys. Is this. We're going to do it all for you. Most people be doing all that because their marketing ain't tight. If your marketing tight, people show up ready to sell you. Dang, they either buy or you let them keep their product. Yeah. That process of chemotherapy it was like maybe every 12 days, every 21 days, I can't remember exactly. As soon as you start to feel better, because it's a very sick feeling. You feel very sick, very nauseated all the time. I slept with a bucket by my bed. By the time my hair fell out, um, like every time you feel better, it's time to go back. So I did good wow. for my first maybe three treatments, but by the fourth one, I cried because it was like, oh my God. It's one thing to have pain. If you have a high pain tolerance, you could kind of deal with pain, but sick... It's bad. It's just really mm -hmm. bad. So you feel horrible. I'm losing weight. I look sick. And um, my husband and my daughter, my mother-in-law and my mom were just everything for me. My husband, I don't know how he pulled this off, but he made me still feel so attractive, bald head. Now, here's the thing about when you lose hair. You lose hair everywhere. So now, for real, for real, I know I look like an alien because I don't have hair on my head or my eyebrows, no lashes either. That's strange. Come on, David. Mm. Nah, that's, that's a strange look. But he would massage my head, massage my body, and still want to make love. And I'm thinking to myself, something is wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> but he was amazing. And what he did for me that helped so much was he always talked about the future. He always talked about when you get up. And so that gave me something to be really hopeful for and to strive for and to dream again, even though you don't know what's happening. You feel like you're laying on your deathbed. Wow. And you look like it. Mm, 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 yeah. Mm. So there's another layer. There is another layer. So anybody who's watched our show when we did it years ago, they heard that, but they didn't know that I recently went through a double mastectomy over the last two years. I actually just went to an appointment on Monday because I'm still in the process of it. So what happened was I only had one daughter when I got when I had dealt with the breast cancer. And Excuse me, what is a double mastectomy? A double mastectomy is when they remove both of your breasts. Wow. They completely remove them to prevent it from coming back. Wow. So free of cancer for a long chunk of time, decided to have more kids. The doctors didn't think I would be able to have more kids. We have two more, wow. a legacy and a king. Anjay's the oldest. And my daughter's born one pound, eight ounces in NICU for three months. And I go to the doctor for my regular checkup, and they see something. So while I just want my daughter to breathe, they are doing biopsies on me where they take out tissue from my breast to test it to make sure. And they're like, we kind of think we see something again. And so that's tough because I'm just, I'm focused on something else. Oh, my God. Like mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Um, and this is like me being honest. I don't know how I could have handled it. Yeah. Like, people, everybody has a story of, like, you know, I went through this and I went through that. But it's like, it's situation after situation mm -hmm. after situation. You get tired. Yeah, mentally. Yeah, you're drained mentally. Like, you don't know. you. I can't pull strength from nowhere but the Holy Spirit. 
because I'm still the strongest person a lot of time. In my, remember I told you what happened when they found out about me having breast cancer. Everybody's crumbling. I'm rubbing them. Mm. But it's me that's dealing with it. So I got to pull strength from the Holy Spirit because I'm literally at this point drained. We're in NICU three times a day with my daughter. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with her life. And so when I got the news about that, the other thing on the side of it, and I hate to keep hitting you with all of this, but this is just no, this for the is, story. Yeah, there's somebody <laughs> that they feel like they're never going to get on the other side of their situation. Yeah. You are clearly on the other side. Yeah. And I don't know, obviously you still go through your situation, but in terms of building a life, yeah. you are living life yeah. right now. Yeah. I think when you realize that it's not in your hands, you appreciate it more too. And you stop feeling like you need to be in control of everything and you mm-hmm. trust and have more faith. You trust and have more faith because you realize that there's so many opportunities that I could have left here and not been here. And so, um, so yeah, we have another son at the time. So my daughter is in NICU fighting. As soon as she come home, we pregnant again. I don't know how we pulled that off because we were stressed out. I don't know what the heck happened. Wow. <laughs> but we're pregnant again. And um, while I'm pregnant with my son, they want me to have a double mastectomy. And I'm like, there's no way. I just saw my daughter fight for her life. By the way, she's amazing. She's seven. She's totally healed. She's healthy. When she was born, she was one pound, eight ounces. You can fit her in my hand. She had issues with her eyes, her heart, her lungs, her respiratory, like everything. She literally, I'm just being honest, looked like a science project when I was looking at her with those tubes on her. I was like, I couldn't even see past what I was looking at. And so she is a miracle baby. She's so brilliant. She's so amazing. She's so intelligent. And you would never know that she don't even look like she's been through what she's been through. And so that's a blessing. And so then a king comes and they want to do a double mastectomy on me while I'm pregnant with him. And I'm just thinking anesthesia, all of these different things. But they're not thinking about the baby in that Mm. moment. In their mind, y'all could have another baby. You are too young to be dealing with this again. We need to get this. They didn't even... The reason that I didn't go through with it is because doctors are different. They are very hypothetical. Right. So there was no, and I asked the right questions. And sometimes you have to know the right questions to ask because you're scared. You feel like they know more than you know. Are you telling me that I have cancer in this breast again? No, we're saying that the chances are high that it could come back. Well, we're going to wait on that. Because me going through a double mastectomy, which is, who knows? I think it's like a six-hour surgery while I'm pregnant. I'm sure that's going to affect this baby that's in my belly. So that's an absolute no. And so I waited so much time and then technology just increased, increased. And then one day I just decided because for any woman that's dealing with breast cancer or if you're supporting anyone with breast cancer who has to go through biopsies that much, because every six months I'm going, get they're, they're taking samples from my breasts. So one breast is starting to become significantly different in size than the other breasts. So from a cosmetic perspective, that doesn't look like you want it to look. And I get that I'm married, but I don't want to look at me like that. So I decided to do a double mastectomy um, 18 months ago. And it's been a process. But wow. It's a blessing. And yeah, I'm glad that I waited, but I'm glad that I did it. Yeah. So he comes up to me and he says, how can I have all of this? Okay. He sees your car outside. He sees the car. He sees, Yeah. So the first thing I would ask him is I would say, give me a list of reasons why you can't. Mm. I want to know every reason that you tell yourself right now why you can't. And I would go one by one through each one and I would basically show him, show him why each one of those is completely unfounded. Because you, that's, I, I can teach you how to make money. That's whatever, right? But inspiring you to do it it's a completely different thing. And you can't do it if you don't believe, you don't feel like you can win. Mm. Right? I mean, if, if we go back to the boxing example. If you don't believe and you don't feel like you can get in there and win, are you even going to get in the ring? Mm-mm. You know? But you, 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 know, you have to be inspired to take the actions, to gain yeah. the competence, to gain the confidence. So I would go through all the reasons why he didn't think he could do it, and I would attack each one one by one, clear all that gunk out. Mm. That's the first thing I would do because nothing I tell that kid, absolutely nothing I tell that kid would would ever help him 
if I didn't clear that first. If he, so it's almost like you're emptying his pockets with the, without, let's get all these excuses out of the way. Right. So you're left with an eye. Exactly. And, then, and the path is clear. Path is clear. If I say here, hey, I want to get to Albuquerque, Albuquerque, right? Here's the directions. But the whole road is lined with rubble and blocks and you can't even drive the car through. You have to clear all that. You have to clear all that debris so you can drive down the road and get there. If, if that road is full of debris, I can give you directions. Well, they're not going to do you any good. And the question you got to ask yourself, the real question here is, do I have the discipline and the fortitude to do the hard thing? And the hard thing is to work on myself. Mm. That's the hard thing. And believe you me, I, I am in no way saying that I've achieved any level of personal development that's substantial. I, I, I'd like to think that I... I Work this on it. Interview displayed that you well, have a certain level of understanding, and probably when you're 50, you'll look back at this and kid you are. Right, like, right, exactly, right. <laughs> well, see that. See that's a great point because you know a lot of people. They, I'll give you one example. Right, one thing that kid would say is, "Well, I'm afraid to put myself out there because if I do this or I do that, people are going to laugh at me. People are going to call me stupid." Yeah. Right. So here's the thing. Imagine for a moment that you're a doctor and you get out of medical school and you're going to be a brain surgeon, mm -hmm. right? Imagine now, now you, do you think that doctor, when he gets out of medical school and he performs that first brain surgery, do you think he's going to be anywhere near as good as the doctor that he will become in 10 years after he's done a thousand of those of surgeries? Not. No, but will he ever become that doctor that's done a thousand surgeries is if he doesn't start with one? <laughs> so that's the thing is, is you, you, that's what you got to ask yourself. Am I willing to be uncomfortable and put something out there that kind of sucks now so that it can become great. Because most people, they don't want to put something out. I don't want to put anything out that, that's, that's just okay. It's got to be perfect. Well, the thing is, there's no such thing as perfect, right? Because if you go, no blade of grass is perfect. There's not even a perfect circle. There's no perfect circle in nature. Really? No. Even a computer can't generate a perfect circle. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. You cannot generate, it, 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 a perfect circle only exists in your mind. There is no machine. There is no natural or, or digital perfect circle. It does not exist. So, so, so think about this. The goal then, the question you should ask yourself then, how do I get as close to perfect as possible? Well, here it is. Reasonable acceptance of imperfection is far more perfect than the pursuit of perfection itself. Hold on. I got to try to reset it. Okay. Reasonable acceptance acceptance. Of imperfection, of imperfection is far more perfect, far more perfect than the continued pursuit of perfection itself. And so, if you are a true perfectionist, you will not be a perfectionist because you literally, it, it is you are you are. It's a contradiction in terms, and you understand that you won't get it perfect, right? So you have to have the discipline and and be okay with being uncomfortable so that you can put something out there that isn't quite perfect yet, that isn't great yet, so that you can get to the point where it is. You got to perform that first brain surgery because if you don't, you're never going to get to your thousands and you're never going to become the greatest brain surgeon ever. Dang, that was good advice. Most marketers make the mistake of trying to create desire, right? Most, Most marketers make the mistake of trying to create desire. Trying to create desire. They think they have to create desire. Here's the cool thing. You don't have to create desire. Like the desire already exists in the marketplace. Your job with your marketing is to channel the desire to your offer. So the desire is already there. Your goal, your job with your marketing is to take that desire. Because like, for example, let's say, for example, somebody's old person, like you, like you training now. Dude ain't had to create a desire for you to want to train and get in better shape, you already had the desire. Correct. Who knows how long, right? Mm -hmm. You, however y'all connected, because you could have went and hired anybody. You know everybody. But for some reason, the desire was channeled to that his particular offer for whatever particular reason. And it's the same thing with people buy anything. If somebody's hungry and they're driving down the street. Now, Old National Camp Creek is a lot of restaurants. They're hungry. They already got a desire to eat. Somebody, the marketing channels the desire to go eat at that particular restaurant. So all you're doing is getting in front of the desire. So how do you get in front of the desire? You figure out, okay, what's their current reality? Like, where are they right now? And then what's their preferred reality? So where are they now? 
where they want to go in like immense detail, like detail, 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 detail. And then you got, they got this transformation gap that's in the middle of it. So your mm. your job... Hold on, because that, okay. that, that, it kind of makes sense because, and I don't know what restaurant it was, but what's the restaurant there? There's slogans like, why wait or something like that? Or maybe not even why wait? Uh, or what's the joint not going anywhere for a while? Grab a snicker. Snicker, yeah. yeah. So they know that the desire is there and they're... They're identifying their market of somebody who is um, not going anywhere for a while. Yep. That's genius stuff. Yep. Like, I know you want this chocolate, yep. but now it's got to prompt you in a way that says... And I bet, I, I'm willing to bet if we, was to pull, if we was able to pull the data, I guarantee that people who eat Snickers are mostly people who like work in corporate America. Because they're not going anywhere. They're not anymore. going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Because think about it. What entrepreneurs you know you be around that eat Snickers? And you know a lot of entrepreneurs. That's a fact. What event have you went to in Cassis and they eat Snickers? That's crazy. I don't know nobody who eats Snickers. Not that, I, not that they don't, don't eat Snickers. They just never just ate one around me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that I've seen. You feel me? That's crazy. <laughs> Marketing is such a game. Okay, you were you're saying something. Okay. And I, I kind of cut you off because my brain went somewhere else. Okay, so there's, um, you got to channel the desire. Yep. The, the desire's there. You yep. got to channel them in your direction. Yeah. To your product. To your product. Yeah. How do you get them there? Good question. Because you said there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a gap somewhere. Yeah, so there's a transformation gap. So it's like, here's where you are. So you want to make more money, for example. But you don't really want to make more money. You want to have more time. You want to be home with your kids. You want to be able to travel. You want to be able to have freedom. You want to be able to wake up when you want, whatever the case may be. That's where you want to be. But you're here now working a job, having to sit in traffic. You're never with your kids. They're growing up without you. The wife is complaining. That's your current reality. Your preferred reality is the opposite of that. And what's the thing that's in between them? In between that, here's the kicker. Most people think people buy based on price. People buy based on how fast you can help them close the transformation gap. Mm. And, and they're willing to pay a premium for it. We, I'm going to give you some real-life examples. Mm. So when somebody go to the club and they pull up and they go pay VIP, somebody might pay $300 to get in the club. The current reality, they're outside the club. The preferred reality, they want to be inside the club. Mm. Fat. And their transformation gap is outside the club to how fast can you get me in here? 300 I mean, it don't lo- it don't make logical sense, right? You get in the club. All right, cool. The pl- the goal, current reality, I came by myself or with some of the bros. Preferred reality. <laughs> I'm trying to go home. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preferred yeah. reality, when I leave, situation different. Yeah. How do I do that? So this is my current preferred. Now I got my transformation gap. We got to leave with something. I need to sit on a stage after buy a bottle that's going to attract. The bottle is $30 in the liquor store. It's 300 It's 300 here. And we got to get four. And we got to get the sparkles when they bring them over so the girls will see it. Now they start looking. All I'm trying to do is close the transformation gap. Yeah. So, it ain't, so they're not buying these bottles because it logically makes sense or they're physically responsible. They're like, we just need to close the transformation gap. We'll figure that out tomorrow. What's the fastest way to get, my, get, get from my current reality to the preferred reality? <laughs> If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.